As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. I hope anybody's not stupid enough to write this off. It's time for two stars. This is the weekly Nottingham Forest podcast from The Athletic. On this episode, we conduct a thorough audit of the Forest squad. It's more fun than it sounds. We'll look ahead to the Easter doubleheader against Cardiff and QPR and ask, did they really play for Forest? Available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad-free on The Athletic. This is Two Stars. Hey listener, Matt Davis-Adams here. Hope you're well and raring to go for the thrilling climax to the end of another memorable season for the two-time European champions. Alongside me today, virtually, I've got the Athletics Forest correspondent Paul Taylor. Morning, Paul. Good morning to you, sir. And also with us, the Brahma Bull, the Athletics' own Nick Miller. Uh, Hello, the Brahma Bull. Now, actually, I remember that that rings a bell from my very brief wrestling watching days when I was a youth. What's the Brahma Bull? Uh, I'll give you a clue. He's going to be the next president of the United States of America. Uh, the, the, the ultimate warrior. <laughs> no, he is dead and he was a pretty horrible person. It is Dwayne The Rock Johnson for that particular wrestler. Uh, right, as it's been international break fortnight, we decided it'd be a good time to do an audit of the Forest squad. You might have heard it described in some quarters as bloated. So we're going to run through the current first team Forest squad. This is as listed on the club website. We'll discuss who should stay, who should go and who should be put on ice slash sent on loan for next season. We'll also discuss whether any of the Reds currently out on loan will have a shot at making the Forest squad next term. Uh, Before we start, Nick very kindly put a tweet out asking for readers' opinions on this. We've got one from Coral who says, Keep Worrell, introduce Johnson. Does anyone really care about the rest? Hashtag mayor. Um, This was a shorter feature than I anticipated it being. Uh, let's go through it anyway. We'll start with the goalkeepers then. First up, the first choice, Bree Sambay's contract is due to expire in the summer of 2023. Paul, we, we've spoken in recent weeks about something of a revival for him, but I think it's fair to say that he's not quite hit the heights of, of last season in terms of consistency. Are you, are you keeping him around for next season? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I think you're right. He perhaps hasn't been as good as last season, but he's, he's still, on his day, one of the best keepers in the Championship. Uh, I've just used a cliche already we're only two minutes in <laughs> yeah I like him he, he's a character he, he, he clearly likes being at Forest the fans like him uh, he, he makes more goal saving moments than he, he makes mistakes so I think all round he's, he's somebody that you've you've got to keep faith in I think I don't I don't think there's a problem there to be solved put it that way yeah Nick we've spoken in recent weeks and you in particular about a lack of connection to Forest players these days uh, Samba's not somebody who comes into that category for however important that is yeah definitely I mean it it's shouldn't be the obviously shouldn't be the first thing that Chris Hewton or whoever is deciding these things should kind of um, rest their decision on but certainly it helps that there is someone who seems to enjoy being at Forest and does have something of a personality as well. And obviously, he, as, as we've discussed, his early season form wasn't great and form towards the back end of last season wasn't great, but he's improved that now. And uh, you know, overall, I think we can kind of 
we, we can be pretty confident that um, if well, Forest have a number of problems, goalkeeper isn't one of them at the moment. Won't spend too much time on the backups, but but Jordan Smith, Paul, appears to me to be what you ideally want from a backup goalkeeper, i.e., a good club man who who to go back to Dwayne the Rock Johnson knows his role. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we're using a wrestling analogy to, to describe Jordan Smith. I think the only way that Jordan should or would leave this summer is if he wants to go himself. Let's be honest, if he stays at Forest, he isn't going to play regularly. If he's happy with that, then great, because as you say, he's a, he's a fine backup. He's somebody that trains hard every day. You talk to the managers, all the other goalkeepers, and they all talk about him being one of the best trainers. He he, he performs brilliantly on the on the training ground. It's hard to judge him for what he does on the pitch because he doesn't get that many opportunities. So I'd keep him as long as he's happy to play second fiddle and happy with the position he's in. There's, again, another another issue that isn't a problem there to be solved I don't think Abdullah Diallo Nick is the third goalkeeper listed on the club website not convinced he exists to be to be brutally honest but um, he's got an option for, for an extra year on his contract which is due to expire this summer I think we can we can probably say with some certainty that won't be exercised and, and neither party will be looking for it to be exercised maybe he's he's just spreads good vibes on the change, in the changing room I don't know just is a nice guy to have around well, it's it's obviously impossible to pass comment on him either way because we we almost literally haven't seen him. Um, so who knows? <laughs> Let's move on to defence then. Here's a tweet from Rich who says that Loic Mbiso was four million pounds plus, so we need to begin to integrate him. Maybe there's an opportunity at right back for him. Either that, or we end up selling Worrell, which I'd really rather we didn't. Let's start with with Mbiso then of the of the defenders contracted till 2024, so he should be around for a while. Paul, you've you've sung his praises on the on the occasions that we've seen him, and, and and you think, as Rich says, there maybe next season, once he's had a year to get used to the championship, living in England, etc., we might see a bit more of him. Yeah, I actually wouldn't be an advocate of playing him at right back, though. I think Forrester, a club that's too long had a history of putting square pegs in round holes for for no particular reason, and he he is a central defender. He's a central defender that can play at right back at a push, but I think if 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 he's going to develop and become the player that. Forest hope he can be, then he's better off playing in his natural position, which is in the centre of defence. Will he be third choice next season? Will he be fourth choice? I I don't know. It depends if Worrell stays or, or goes this summer. But beyond that, you've got four very good central defenders at, at Nottingham Forest in Joe Worrell, Tobias Figueiredo, uh, McKenna and, and Lloyd Kenby So so it's probably the position of the pitch where they're they're best stocked and uh, without repeating myself too much already, it's not really an, an area I'd want to make too many changes unless they do decide to sell Joe Worrell. Uh, Nick, have you got anything to say on NBSO? Not really beyond uh, what Paul says. I, 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 there was a kind of, uh, while completely um, agreeing with the round peg, round peg uh, square holes thing, um, there was a one game earlier on this season where he played in midfield, I think. Or briefly, oh. It was that Swansea game. Mm. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it was terrible. But... This is one of those things that, despite all rational sort of evidence and logic, I think, yeah, maybe he could do a job there. Maybe, maybe we should put him in midfield a bit more. But yeah, so, um, I completely agree with with everything that's been said there. Unless unless Joe Wall goes, he's probably still going to be third or fourth choice, but definitely um, one to kind of uh, keep around and one for the one for uh, the future a little bit more. Would right, it be we worth do. maybe sending him out on loan somewhere to get a bit of experience? You know. Uh, get some games under his belt if somebody wants to take him at a decent level I don't know the problem with that the, the classic Forest thing would be that would send him out on loan and then sign someone else to <laughs> yeah. fill that spot and then we're, we're, we're back to where we started There's stacks and stacks of centre-backs again right let's uh, let's go through the other central defenders then we'll finish with the with the full-backs uh, Tobias Figueiredo is an interesting one Nick because he's out of contract in, in 2022 so it's kind of decision time for him this summer and for Forrest as regards him you would think if they want to get a fee for him yeah I mean I'd, he, he wouldn't be kind of um, my first my first choice centre-back pairing would be Worrell and McKenna I think uh, even though Figueredo has sort of improved after a bit of a wobble but I, I, I don't think I'd sell him uh, I think we're, we're kind of uh, again we're going one of the things we've said throughout and one of the things everyone said is that there is there's too much there was too much change last summer and so uh, while we are going going through the, the squad and saying who we're going to get rid of and who we're going to keep, 
you want to keep that upheaval to a sort of minimum and unless there is a real need to sell someone or, or get rid of someone either because they're terrible or because they're going to fetch a lot of money then we, we should keep the, the you know the, the what decent players we can so uh, I, I personally I would leave the center back sort of quartet well alone unless there is a big offer for Joe Worrell, which we may be coming on to in a minute. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there's, there's much value in, in selling Figueredo this this year, certainly. Does that mean, therefore, Paul, that they've got to give him another contract this summer to stop him from, from leaving for uh, no fee in a year's time? Or is that not especially significant? It depends on whether they're willing to take a loss on him or not. I guess it's probably worth having a conversation with him, isn't it? And saying, do you see your long-term future here? We we value you. We, we think you've got a part to play. Do you want to stay? If so, here's what we're willing to offer you. And, and, you know, game tied down to a new deal doesn't mean you can't sell him further down the line if he does find himself down the pecking order. At least then you're retaining some of his value. Uh, I I like him. He he did have a bad spell earlier in the season. There's no glossing over that. He made mistakes that that stood out. Uh, but, But overall, I think he's been very, very consistent and it has been back to that in recent months he's, he's not let anybody down at all recently I, I, I like him a lot yeah probably keep him I mean he's 27 isn't he so even mm. if they do sign him to a new contract they're not going to get much money if they if they then cashed in I think we can take Scott McKenna as we're all keeping him seeing as he's only just come in he's contracted till 2024 uh, so that leaves the thorny issue of Joe Worrell I mean I think we all want him to stay Nick but it's kind of dependent on financial circumstances which we're told were all right and I guess the other big thing is his own personal motivation he maybe if somebody other than Burnley in the Premier League came in for him he'd have a, a decision to make yeah definitely I mean uh, it's just that the, the, the thing that if Forest business model is that you sell kind of basically one product you youth product a year or one one player a year um, to sort of balance the books then it's basically a choice between Alex Mighton and uh, and Joe Worrell. Uh, of the two, I, I would probably I would prefer to sell Worrell, but again, only if there is a significant uh, fee offered. What that significant fee is, I mean, I don't know. I think a couple of years ago, was it Burnley or, or a year or so ago, Burnley had about a ten million bid uh, turned down, something along those lines. So kind of more than that, but you just don't really know how the transfer market is going to shake out this year as to what a player like Worrell is worth or what what is kind of what 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 Forest can realistically expect from him for uh, for him. Sorry, definitely would prefer to keep, uh, but if it's a financial necessity, then you know it's just the way that Forest and clubs the size of Forest have to operate. Presumably, Forest haven't said much about that, Paul, because you're showing your hand. You know, if you were going to need to sell a player this summer, we haven't got any money. Well, that ten million becomes five million, and and you've got to lump it. So they, they're keeping their cards close to their chest as regards to Worrell. I think what Forest have done generally. Is, is sell very well I mean, nobody wants to see the club sell anybody but when, when they have made these sales they've, they've got good prices for them you know Matty Cash they got a very good fee for him when he went to Aston Villa before that Arvin Apaya Ben Brereton Oliver Burke you know they, they've sold players for good money and I don't I don't think they're going to get the pants down with anybody this this summer in terms of Joe Warren. I don't think they'll be selling him on the cheap. Mainly because I don't get the sense that he really is kicking the door down, demanding to go. I think he takes a lot of pride in, in potentially being the captain of Nottingham Forest on a more regular basis. And I think unless somebody, let's not be naive, if, if one of the really bigger teams came in, you know, like a, just pulling names out of the hat, like an Everton or, you know, a, a slightly bigger club than Burnley came in for him. I think he probably would want to go. It's just natural. But I don't think that unless that right move for the right money comes along, that there's ever going to be an issue there. I don't think he's going to be clamouring to get an opportunity to go somewhere like Burnley. It's quite a comfortable situation for Forrest unless somebody puts the money that makes their head turn on the table. The other centre-half listed on the website is one with a a contract that expires this summer, and it's Michael Dawson. I think that we can assume, given his lack of game time and his age, uh, that he will be handed a picture of a a Spitfire and and wished well in his future endeavours come the summer. I'll probably involve a role at the club in some respect, I would have thought. But it's always always a a telling sign when you hear a current footballer doing co-commentary on the radio, and you think, 
Hmm. Yeah, he's thinking about the next stage of his career. Uh, somebody else who might be doing likewise, segue, is Carl Jenkinson, out of contract in 2022. Paul, I wonder if this is the kind of thing that, that Forrest should be looking to cut a deal with him in the summer and say, we'll pay you X amount of your contract and then you can go and look for a new club because he's hardly kicked a ball in anger and he's on very good money for a championship reserve right back. I would say as well that it's very easily done, but we have missed another central defender who's out of contract. Okay. We've forgotten the Bavarian Lion. Michael Heffler. Oh, Michael Heffler. Yeah, of course. See, uh, well, this is it. I was going from the players who are listed on the club website as first teamers. I don't think Michael Heffler is about to break into that uh, at any point. I think we can probably assume that he he's he's out of contract, right, in the summer, so he'll be going. That that um, um that baffled pause bit while you were trying to work out who it was is one I've only ever only heard before. <laughs> in did they really play for Forest? So. <laughs> yeah, so I haven't included Heffler because, I mean, the club haven't gone so far as to list him as a first-team player. But I think that's a pretty damning indictment. Um, but yeah, Jenkinson, what, what do you think? Are they going to try and cut bait with him this summer or is he just going to quite rightfully say, I'm not going anywhere while you're paying me this much money? When you talk to Carl, he's, he's a really professional, really kind of driven character. And I'm, I'm not going to put words in his mouth because I haven't asked him about his future. We haven't had the opportunity to talk to him because he hasn't really been involved. But... I get the impression that he's the kind of person that would probably rather not be sat on the touchline at Nottingham Forest not getting a game. I think he's probably likely to want to move on. And if we're being completely blunt about it, I think Forrest would probably want to move him on because he's 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 probably a relatively high earner, having come from his the background that he did. And I think for all parties, and, and you know, maybe he might correct me and say that he wants to stick around and fight for his place, but I think for all parties it, it probably would be best if if there was a club out there that wanted to take him. Forrest could allow him to move on because he, he doesn't feel like somebody that's going to be a regular first-team player at Forrest at this point. Yeah, kind of Zach vibes with him. Mm. And what about Cyrus Christie, Nick? He's on loan at the moment. Forrest have got an option to, to turn that permanent if it suits all parties. He's, he's not convinced everybody this season. Would you would you keep him around if the price was right? Hey, um, I, I was almost, almost persuaded by uh, Paul's piece about uh, Christie a couple of weeks ago. And he he certainly has improved. I don't know. I just think that um, uh, completely contradicting something I've said before, uh, said earlier on where there shouldn't be too too much upheaval and, um, you know, we shouldn't replace players unless it's absolutely necessary. But I don't think he's quite good enough to, uh, or has been quite good enough to justify the sort of money that presumably he'd have to pay in wages and uh, probably transfer fee if, obviously... He's, he's out of contract, so I think oh, they'll get him on a free if, okay, they, right. if they wanted him. Well, in, in that case, you know, maybe if he could be, be offered uh, reasonable wages, but I think... There is. I think we'll get to the potential players we could sign later on. But we, I've, I've got a. I've got someone in mind who I think could be could be better and could be quite an amusing signing as well. So, um, I, I, <laughs> I, I ideally I would um, not sign and replace with someone else. But if he can be sort of brought in on reasonable wages, then solid enough. Tyler Blackett's an interesting one, Paul. He he last played against Norwich, played the full 90 there in, in what was a much-changed team. Hasn't started, Hadn't started a game before that since October, only four starts in the league all season. But you look at his career path, obviously came through at Man United, then a steady championship player for years and years at Reading, but he's, he's barely had a sniff for Forrest. Yeah, he did have an injury for quite a long spell. Uh, but I I think he's been a bit unlucky in his time at Forrest so far, but I, I, I don't think he's a world-beater. I don't think he's going to be somebody that that's ever going to set the world alight. But having said that, I, I would probably keep him just because he's versatile. He, he's somebody that can do a very good job at left-back. Uh, and he, he can also, you know, at a time when Forrest have only really... I know Joe Worrell can play on the left side of central defence, but other than that, they've only got Scott McKenna, who's naturally left-footed, and, and Tyler Blackett's somebody that can easily slot in on the left side of central defence as well. So I, I wouldn't necessarily be in a rush to move him on mainly because earlier in the season he produced some of the best time-wasting I've ever seen at, at Forest, <laughs> which, which is something they've been, frankly, quite shit at, if we're, if we're honest. Uh, over the years, they've never been able to just see the games out and, and keep the ball in the corner for five minutes, and he did it brilliantly. It was almost funny. Uh, it, it, it was proper time-wasting shithousery that, that, that I, I personally love, and... Uh, for that alone, I'd, I'd, you know, you could bring him on the last five minutes and just tell him to keep the ball in the corner and it, it, it would make me a happy man. 
Yeah, you train with Bruce Samba every day. You're going to learn some <laughs> stuff, I guess. Um, Guyton Bong, Nick. Every time I see him, I think he's playing like he's just realised he's left the hob on and his mind's <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. um, 2022, he's contracted to. I would call him a divisive figure, but I don't think he is a divisive figure amongst supporters. But but he is a you know he's, he's played in the Premier League for a large part of his career. Are we are we just not seeing the best of him? Is he going to finally blossom next season? The thing is, he was so, so he, was, he was MIA for so long that you just kind of assumed that, I don't know, there was something wrong or he was, you know, tripping over his, his bootlaces in training or something like that. So the expectation levels were so low that when he actually started playing games and was like, you know, was not an absolutely bumbling buffoon. You think actually maybe this this guy actually is a really is a decent player. I don't know. Hewton seems to like him. Uh, I'm not entirely sure why. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be happy if uh, he was Forest's first choice left back the next season. But equally, I wouldn't cry myself to sleep if we kept him around either. Um, I, I mean, I've got I think I've got written down here that um, you know, would ideally re-sign Yuri Ribeiro if that is an option, um, and then. Who knows with the other two? Toss a coin with um, uh, with with Blackett and and uh, and Bong. So who knows? I'm so I've said that a couple, said that a couple of times now. Sorry. Um, you know. <laughs> well, it's a good job you're not in charge of recruiting players, really, isn't it? Because it'd be it would be a slap shot approach, and God knows we haven't seen that over the last couple of years. Nick mentions Ribeiro there, Paul. It's a really interesting one. He is out of contract at the end of this summer. We know he nearly left last summer and it felt like there was a bit of ill feeling there uh, for a little while maybe on the club's part, part more than the players part do we know if that's been resolved and, and if they'd like to to keep him presumably he'd still like to stay well he's 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 been playing hasn't he so you, you'd imagine there's been some bridges rebuilt there at, at some stage whether that bridge is strong enough to uh you know carry the weight of making him want to stay i've stretched that one a little bit haven't i uh <laughs> it is it, another thing you know I think the club would want to keep him. Would he want to stay? Possibly. I think they were trying to edge him out the door last summer, and I'm not sure he was too keen on going. It's all it's all a bit of a mess, isn't it? You know, if he wants to stay, brilliant. I'd, I'd keep him in a heartbeat because he's probably the best left back at, at the club at the minute. Uh, Gaetan Bong, frankly, he would have left had had Chris Hewton not been appointed as manager. He was massively frozen out under Sabri Lamucci. Sabri Lamucci wasn't entirely impressed by his attitude, but but Chris Hewton is a man that got the best out of Gaetan Bong. He he had him at Brighton and he was his first choice left back in the Premier League. Played a lot of games under Chris Hewton and didn't let him down. So he's somebody that he trusts and knows how to get the best out of. We haven't necessarily seen that on a regular basis in the Forest shirt. But, you know, uh, I, I'm with Nick on that one. I think if, if you could... If he was going to be a backup or a squad option, I wouldn't have any issue with him staying, but I wouldn't want him to be the first choice. But then there's Nicholas Ayanu as well, isn't there? For the first time in a long time, Nottingham Forest have got about 27 left-backs. Their problem isn't that they haven't got one at all, it's that they've got too many of them. So they need to move on more than one, really, don't they? Whether Ribeiro going would solve a problem I don't know I'd rather see him stay but but they need somebody one of the four at least needs to go all right let's move on to midfield we'll start with Jack Colback player who started this season as a a regular having joined on a permanent basis from Newcastle United but uh, injury and lack of form is he he hasn't featured of late and that's kind of the story of his his latter day career really Nick isn't it Uh, you you wonder how much more he's got to contribute to to anybody in the top two tiers of English football or is that very harsh slightly harsh maybe but I don't know it's if this was a kind of normal football club I think I'd put who do things go about things in a normal way then I think he'd be the sort of player I would kind of try and keep around and try and get the best out of but I don't know it just seems that it's not his. He's he's sort of been in and out of the team through injury, as you say, lack of form so much that it's his best form isn't worth the hassle of everything else. If that you know makes sense, I don't know. Probably, I think I'd probably on balance keep him around, but he wouldn't wouldn't be the definitely wouldn't be the sort of player I would want to rely on. Uh, no, that's fair. Sammy Amiobi is an interesting one, Paul. I know you're a big fan. He is out of contract coming up this summer. Uh, 
touch and go, I would assume, as to whether he's going to be offered a new one, is it? He's, he's maddeningly inconsistent. I'd give him a new deal. I, I, I wouldn't even think about it. I, I think he, he, he is... He is wildly unpredictable. He goes from being a Premier League player to a Sunday League player in the space of two minutes. Uh, he'll do something brilliant and then he'll fail to control a five-yard pass. But that's part of the joy of Sami Amiobi. He's just so... He provides these moments that are either infuriating or inspiring. He's, uh, every time he's on the pitch, I enjoy watching him because you just don't know what's going to happen. And I'm not convinced he does either. Uh, and if he doesn't know, the defenders have got no hope. He... he, he he needs to get a better end product. He needs to provide more assists and more goals because he's capable of it. But I, I, I think he's worth keeping around. He isn't going to cost any money on a transfer fee. He isn't going to be one of the highest earners. And he's just something a little bit different. When he gets those long legs going, he's a hard man to stop. And, uh, you know, football's still about entertainment. And he's somebody that brings a bit of entertainment to the table, isn't he? I, I, I like him. I, I think he's great. And he plays football with a smile on his face. So, you know, what, what more do you want? It's a wonderful name to say, that's for sure. Sammy Amiobi, just say it. Okay, it's like Esteban Cambiasso. It just, just makes you smile when you say it. Um, Nick, Nick, I guess if Forrest do keep him, what you'd want them to do is get the length of contract right. You know, Next month he'll turn 29. You want to see maybe one year with an option for another or two year with an option for another rather than, hey, here's a five-year contract, 29-year-old Sammy Amiobi. Yeah, definitely. I agree with everything that Paul says, but no more than two years. I mean, it's a sort of general rule of thumb in like league leagues one and leagues two that you don't give players more than for one or two year contracts, which is slightly different than the championship, obviously. But Forest have obviously had a history of kind of you know jazzing these extravagant contracts on on players that aren't uh, suitable for it. But yeah, a couple of years, see how see where we are then. Um, I'd definitely keep him around, but but not guarantee too much. Fuad Bashiru contracted until twenty twenty two. I mean, are, are any of us in a position to make any kind of assessment on the kind of footballer that Fuad Bashiru is? Yeah, I don't know. You don't know. Paul doesn't know. But uh, Comoros knew that no, the the country that uh, he represents, who qualified for the Africa Cup of Nations recently. So I mean, there's that. I suppose. Um, yeah no idea signed uh, possibly a victim of um, the change of manager a victim of injuries as well or could just be a victim of him not being very good so who knows Sabri Lamucci said he was the most significant signing he made of the summer he, he thought it's just the sort of thing managers a, say, though, isn't it? It's the, you, you know, <laughs> it, it is. But he was excited. Yeah. I mean, all the millions of players that Forrest signed, he was the one that he really rated, which is which is bizarre because he, he's. I mean, you know, maybe it's circumstance, maybe it's bad luck, but he hasn't really had the opportunity to show it. But there's been no evidence whatsoever to support that belief that he was the key signing of the summer last year, is there? It, you know, it isn't going to have a future here, is he? So, well, maybe we can maybe we can um, leverage that and see if Lamucci wants to take him now. Um, it's a guitar. Yeah. Just <laughs> if you thought he was so good last year, take him off, take him uh, off our hands now, Sabri. Um, Paul, you've been trying to defend Luke Freeman <laughs> swimming against the tide as far as that goes for the last last few weeks. I mean, it's just not worked out, this, has it? It's very well, difficult to, to make a reasonable case for saying, well, let's sign him on a permanent basis for next season. Yes, yeah, as, as much as I defend him. And I, I'm convinced, absolutely convinced there is a player in there. But he, he is... I'm also convinced that he's not a player that's ever going to show it's a Nottingham Forest. For some reason, it, 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 how often have we seen it where good players come to Forest and never look like they've been a good player in their lives? It, it's it's a really confusing one. He, he every time he played against Forest, he looked like a player. He looked like a real player, really good quality on the ball, vision, intelligence, creativity, and it just hasn't happened for him. He's been really unlucky with injury, but. I, 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 I don't say it in a mean way, but I think it's time to sort of say, yeah, no, it's not going to work out if you're here. Let's move on to somebody else. Go and next time he turns up at Forest playing for an opposition side, I'm sure it'll be magnificent again, but that's a risk they're going to have to take, I think. And a lot of what Paul's just said, Nick, could also be applied to Harry Arter. Um, yeah, I guess so. Um, the, the sort of significant differences, we don't have the luxury of just so, just kind of waving him on, on his way uh, in the summer. I didn't 
I wasn't really a, a kind of huge fan of the signing when it happened. I know he's kind of theoretically a good player, but I didn't quite see what the need to the signing a player like him was. And it obviously hasn't worked out so far. It's it's probably going to have to be one of those, uh, you know, unless some kind of you know magical club swoops in and takes him off our hands. It's probably going to have to be one of those situations where Forrest just have to try and make the best of it now because he's signed up for what another two three seasons. Um, Twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah. So if if. Forrest can get rid of him. I definitely, uh, I, I would definitely advocate that. But I suspect it's just going to have to be a case of you know we've got this player, we've spent a lot of money on him. Let's try and get the best, get the best from what is currently a uh, quite bad situation. Samba so slash Sal Paul out of contract this summer. Um, knees held together by sellotape. Good player on his day. Day doesn't happen often enough. Might be time to to say goodbye come the summer. He very rarely produces a bad performance when he's out on the pitch, but he's very rarely on the pitch. Um, you know, I think he's brilliant. I, I think it's such a shame that he's got such bad injury problems and a knee that he's made of biscuits. It, it's 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 really unfortunate for him because it's it's impacting hugely on his career. But with the midfield options Forrest have got, I don't think they need to keep him. And you, you can't afford to keep players out of sentiment or because you think that they're you know they're, they're good when they play if he isn't going to be able to play 30 plus games in a season there's no point in keeping him and it's it's really harsh it's really hard uh, but I, I think you know they, they probably need to let him go just otherwise you know they're taking up a space in the squad again aren't they this is another of those situations where it's probably a good job that I'm not in charge of the forest you know recruitment <laughs> or, or signings because I would I would sign him up again just for sort of sentimental reasons because like Paul says I really like him um, uh, I I, I f- completely illogically like the fact that he's a sort of walking yellow card uh, it's, it's, it's sort of a fun game to play when when is he going to get booked not you know not not if he's going to get booked but yeah sensibly speaking then yeah then we should let him go but uh, he'll always have a special little place in my heart the Marlian Tony Vaughan <laughs> uh, some might say I think uh, we've probably all agreed that Alex Martin is definitely staying and one for the future, long-term contract. We'd like to keep him if possible. Uh, Ryan Yates, I think probably similar. He's a useful player to have around. I'm not sure anybody would disagree about that. Then we come to a really interesting one, Nick. Joe Lolly, uh, from what you were just talking about with Samba, Samba so slash Sal, um, I guess you would feel even stronger about Joe Lolly in terms of wanting to keep him around, but the output this season and for, for some of last it has not been there we know it's down to this long term injury but are we going to be ruthless it's a funny one isn't it because he's, he's probably his his dip in form has probably meant that nobody will or, or, or that there won't be a kind of huge market for him if we if Forrest did try to move him on and I think it, while he hasn't been as good as he was a couple of seasons ago or you know certainly first half of last season as well I it, there is the, the this sort of vague sense that the, this injury issue of his might improve a little bit of time. It might improve with a proper summer, for for example. It seems to be the sort of um, the the shin injury as well, not the kind of hamstring problem that's that's uh, sort of seems to rule him out for the rest of this season. He's out. Is he out for the rest of the season? Yeah. So maybe with if he gives those that that that, that shin problem a. a proper rest of a few months then he might come back and be a bit closer to uh, to his best next season so yeah I, 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 it's one of those where I don't think we, we, there will be a, a huge amount um, of uh, takers for him even if he wanted to get rid of him but I, I, I'm certainly keeping I, I, I'm entirely with you I, I think it would be foolish to entertain selling him at all or getting rid of him because if they can get him back to his best he's probably one of the best in his position in the championship and this injury he's got now might prove to be a good thing in a stupid way because he'll get the rest of this season to rest all summer to work on his fitness and hopefully because he didn't have that last summer he had a very short break and he's talked to himself about how the the lack of rest and the last the lack of time to let everything settle was a key factor in him coming back and getting sort of all these problems again so hopefully a full summer of rest a bit of recuperation the chance to build again get his strength back up we'll we'll see Joe Lolly back at his best next season and uh, 
Forest will have a heck of an asset for it. He he can score ten goals and set up ten assists in a in, in a season, and I don't think you should let that go lightly. Right, three on loan players to finish the midfield. James Garner, we'll, we'll move past him because I think we probably all like him, but that's going to be up to up to Man United. If you want to read more about James Garner, Paul and Laurie Whitwell wrote a piece about him, which is up on the Athletic now, athletic.com/slash/forestpod, the place to go to sign up. Philip Kravinovic is an interesting one. We'll talk about Joao Carvalho later. Not dissimilar players, I suppose, Paul, but Kravinovic has maybe produced a bit more consistent output in the Championship, not just with Forrest, but with West Brom too. Yeah, he, he, he did have a slight dip recently where he, he wasn't quite the player that he had been in the first few games, but overall I think he's 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 pretty much in credit. He, he, he's looked like a decent signing and he, he's done... There's been players who've had a few good performances in that number 10 role. Guerrero looked like he was good at one point. Cafu looked good in it. But I don't think anybody's done it quite as consistently as Kravinovic has. And just purely on that basis, as long as the transfer fee isn't mad or his wages aren't mad, then uh, he's somebody that probably is worth investing in on a more permanent basis just because he's such a good... He's a neat and tidy. He's not spectacular. He just quietly goes about the business of linking midfield and attack. And I think he's been a a bit of an unheralded piece of the jigsaw. And I'd like to see him stay very much. Yeah, I think he'd be a very worthwhile signing. Mm, I wonder if you feel the same about Anthony Knockart. Here's Sam tweeting on that very subject. Says, Knockart is worth considering on a permanent deal, but can we really afford to spend that money and contract length on someone that's 30 next season, to which Liam added drolly, we can't, but we probably will. Um, <laughs> what, what, what do you think, Nick? He's been he's been hot and cold, knockout. You wonder if, if he might be a bit more motivated if he were a permanent Forest player, but it's a no from me, I think. It's I think it's a hard no from me. I, 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 he, uh, there have been, as you say, there have been moments where you kind of see how good a player he, he can be. But unless Fulham are gonna are gonna be willing to sort of take a huge hit on him and just kind of basically give him away, then he's exactly the sort of signing that Forrest shouldn't be making, in my in my opinion. Too expensive, too inconsistent. Theoretically, although uh, you know, as we discovered, placing too much faith in Joe Lolly's shins might be a bit of a gamble. But he's also he's also a, a player. Um, who we potentially have someone as good, maybe even better in that position. So, uh, yeah, as I said, unless Fulham are kind of willing to more or less give him away, then I definitely wouldn't uh, consider signing one permanent. Do we have a latest on that, Paul, as to whether Forrest are interested or not, or are they just seeing how he he finishes up? I I think they're a bit more interested than people might think. Uh, But certainly he's more highly regarded at Forrest than perhaps some... Certainly, uh, you two. By the time he's held in higher esteem than 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 perhaps he is amongst fans. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty much with you, but I, I think if they could do a deal, say say they did the deal that kind of Fulham did when they signed him and they spent they committed spending a lot of money on him, but only if they won promotion and they kind of shot themselves in the foot by winning promotion and then having to sign him which is how they end up with this bizarre situation where I think they spent 10 or 12 million pounds on him and then immediately sent him out on loan. Now, if Forrest could agree something similar, perhaps not for 10 million pounds, but say you agreed a fee of, say, five, if they were to win promotion at the end of next season, then I'd do it, just purely because, you know, it means that he's been a success and it's almost like, well, we've paid five million quid, but we've, we've got ourselves a promotion as a, as, a, as a side to that. And I think he is the kind of player that, could contribute to a promotion winning side. He's done it before and he he does have that little bit of quality, that little bit of creativity. I think he would have had far more assists this season if some of the chances he created had had been finished off by a a shot-shy strike force. He he has put some good balls in, he's created a lot of chances and for whatever reason they just aren't getting put away this season. Forrest can't hit a barn door and and I think he's a little bit unlucky not to have contributed more stats-wise than he actually has. Uh, but yeah, if there's any kind of significant money involved, if they've got to pay a, a, a straight-up fee of £8 million or £10 million, then a hard no from me as well. But if they could do it for the right money, then I'd keep him. OK, three strikers listed uh, in the first-team section of the club website. We spoke about Lewis Graben, actually, in his contract situation last week, so we all agreed to keep him. So I think we can whiz past him. And on to Glenn Murray. Now then, uh, I'm sort of playing the role of... 
moderator here because there are quite divisive opinions between Nick and Paul on Glen Murray. Um, I won't reveal my hand yet. Paul, if Forrest could could keep him on, on sensible money, would you try and get an extra year out of him next year? I'm I'm wavering a bit on this. I'll be honest with you, but a few weeks ago it would have been a, an immediate yes, but uh, I... This is the power. This is my power. This is this is <laughs> this is what I can do. He, he seems to be getting his contribution is getting less rather than more, and he, he is one of the higher earners despite his age. So, if he was willing to to take a huge pay cut and stay just because he wants to play football and contribute, then then I'd think about it. But if, if he was going to be one of the higher earners again next season, uh, I'd, I'd think carefully about it. I think there's better options out there that you you could get on a free that you also have to pay high wages for, but but might be more of a long-term signing. I really like him. I, I think he's got something about him even now, and I, I really admire the fact that he still has this massive love for playing football and just wants to carry on playing. And there is some quality there. There's something about him that I like. He Against Wickham, he was brilliant. If he played like he did against Wickham every week, there'd be no, no problem at all, but he just hasn't quite done it. He's not... If he bangs in three or four goals between now and the end of the season, I might change my mind again. But at the minute, it's a, a marginal no from me. Yeah, I kind of agree, kind of uh, agree with most things Paul has said there. He's the the, the theory of signing him. I uh, that that kind of Paul has, has argued before is 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 perfectly uh, logical. But he's played twelve games for Forest. Granted, all of them haven't been starts, and he's only scored in one of them, and that was against the worst team in the division. So, you know. It, it, it may be the, another few months working with Chris Hewton, the guy who can get the best out of him, can get the best out of him, but for the sort of money that he'd probably be on, I, I agree with Paul that there are, I think there are younger uh, and better options out there on um, free transfers than, than him. What about Lyle Taylor, Paul, Forrest joint leading scorer with own goals this season? Um He's, he's not going anywhere, is he? He's, he's only just joined. He's still got a couple of years on his contract. He's on decent money, but he will hope to, to have a bit more of an impact next season. Yeah, I think Lyle Taylor's exactly in the pecking order where he probably should be. Uh, Lewis Graben's a slightly better option. Glenn Murray is somebody that Chris Hewton trusts and likes and knows what he brings to the table. Uh, and, and, and Lyle Taylor was somebody that was a sensible signing last summer on a free transfer. I like him. He, 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 he brings something different. He's industrious. He's, he's got a bit of quality. He, he works hard. Uh, he, he makes good runs in, into awkward places that defenders don't like to follow. Uh, I, I think he's a useful asset to have around. I, I'm not entirely convinced he's ever going to be a 20-goal-a-season striker for Forrest, but he, he's somebody that, that, that can probably chip in again next season and be a useful asset to... Uh, to use as a squad player, I, I have no issues at all with him in being around, and he, he he could be somebody that could make a useful contribution. And he has good hair. And Nick, he got a last minute equaliser for Montserrat against El Salvador on Sunday. That that could be a vital point for Montserrat in the uh, the old World Cup qualification. <laughs> there you go, straight in, straight in the team. Get him in. <laughs> and unless I blacked out for a minute, we didn't really discuss Cafu. I mean, it's not a no. it, it's not a kind of. Oh, that's right. We, yeah. we, we mentioned him briefly. I suspect yeah. it won't won't be too much of a discussion because I think he's been the kind of surprise good good signing of the of the season. And you know, I think from Olympiacos. I, well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's never gone wrong before, has it? Um, uh, so yeah, I you know. I don't think there's the, the too many dissenting opinions. Having you know, watched him play all season, he's been excellent in a couple of uh, couple of positions, and you can see you can you can almost see his value in that sort of midfield two when he's playing as a ten because the midfield two looks so much more flimsy. Um, so yeah, to, you know, having brought him up uh, as a point of discussion, I assume there isn't really a discussion to be had. The only thing I'd say about him that I dislike intensely is his his his, his continued habit of wearing a short sleeve shirt and gloves. <laughs> what, what, what's the point? <laughs> Literally, if if you've got cold hands, just have longer sleeves. It, it, it baffles me. Yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, what I would say was if if he carries on doing pretty well, then then he might be in Olympiacos' team rather than for his team 
next season. Uh, in terms of the players who are out on loan at the moment, uh, I've run through a few of them. Let's pick a couple of names and see who might come back. Joao Carvalho, Nicholas Iwanu, Brennan Johnson, Jordan Gabriel, Jaden Richardson, Jake Taylor, Tyrese Fauna, Marcus McWayne, and Nuno de Costa, Will Swan as well, the young striker. Carvalho obviously is, is the big one there. Paul, uh, somebody who splits opinion amongst the Forest supporter base, but I looked at his his um, stats for Almeria. He's playing in the Spanish second division this season. Hasn't scored, only completed a handful of games. It's it's Other than the fact that nobody's going to want to buy him, it's difficult to make a case to, to say you're going to bring him into the Forest squad and he's going to massively improve it next season. There is a player in there. It's frustrating because he's clearly got talent. He's got class and a bit of style and panache about him. Uh, but he's he never really produced it consistently, did he? He had these moments of brilliance, but never really quite fulfilled his potential at Forest. And th- there has to come a point where they have to think about cutting their losses on him somehow. They, they agreed this deal where they would pay uh, 15 million euros over the course of a five-year contract, which means, you know, uh, I think three million euros a year uh, as a result of that. Two years left on his contracts. If they can find a way to move him on and avoid paying the rest of that transfer fee, even if it effectively means making no money on his sale, then I think they 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 should probably try and find a way to do that for him as much as anybody as well, because there is a good player in there. I'm not convinced he's ever going to do it at Forest. Of course, you know this is the moment where he gets recalled in the summer and smashes it up next season, but I I just don't see it somehow, and and certainly not. Certainly not in the way that Forrest currently play. It's difficult. I like him. I enjoy watching him play. I just think his moment has perhaps gone at Forrest. They need to think of it financially now without... without not Need to think with their heads rather than their hearts and, and just let him move on to pastures new to somewhere where, they, where he's a better fit, maybe. Totally agree. I think if there were no financial considerations, then he's the sort of player that, uh, as we've seen this season, Forrest can't... You can't have too many creative options. So he's the sort of player that could produce something every now and then so it's worth hanging around but exactly as you say Paul the, the financial implications are kind of too um, too great if, if you can move them on then move them on What about Brennan Johnson uh, Nick presumably he he comes back and actually is a, a pretty strong contender for a first team place next season Yeah get, bring him back get him in the, the team as soon as possible really it's just you know, it's it's not just that he's a he's a really good player. He's a really good player that has played in quite a few a few different positions for Lincoln this season. Um, just so many kind of different options that he can give you, and he's you know looking at it from a, a cynical point of view. He's also the sort of player who. Um, we, we were talking about the, the Forest model of, of selling players, have him in the team for a year in the Championship, and someone might pay a lot of money for him. Ideally, you'd want him to you know coming to the team in the championship and um, be part of a brilliant Forest team but um, you know e- either way the the, the, um, the I think the, the ideal course of action is to um, get him back and get him in the team as soon as possible Finally then Paul youngsters out on loan are, are there any that, that you think might be in contention next season now Marcus McGuane had a good start didn't he at Oxford and then, and then he got injured Jaden Richardson Forest Green Rovers doing all right, but they're they're League Two. Jordan Gabriel doing okay in League One at Blackpool. I guess a couple of those might might feel they've got half a chance. I think particularly if they get if they do move on Jenkinson, then then you'd look at at Gabriel uh, or Richardson perhaps being a a backup option at, at right back or or even an option that could push for a start because they both they both played fairly large amounts of football and will hopefully have developed and learnt and grown as players as part of that and both of them you know I, I watched under 23 football and and seen them play in pre-season games and 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 they both look like they've got quite a lot of potential they look you know like the kind of players that have traditionally been good at Forest as, as fullbacks, you know, they get forward, they have attacking ambition, they 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 like to get crosses in. Uh I, I, I could see at least one of them getting a chance next season, hopefully. Uh, I, I, I also agree with Brendan Johnson as well, not to labour the point too much, but I'd, I'd have liked to have seen him come back in January, if I'm honest. I was a little bit baffled as to why Forrest didn't do it. I can understand the argument of wanting him to carry on getting experience at that level, but it felt to me like, you know, in the Forest side that weren't scoring too many goals, that it made sense for him to, to come back and see if he could score goals at this level this season. I, I like him, and I, I really hope to see him do well next season at Forest. There is interest in him already as well, by the way. There's quite a few clubs looking at him, and... Uh, 
I hope he isn't one of the ones that Forrest decide to cash in on this summer because uh, it would be great to see if he could do the business at, in, 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 in a Forrest shirt next season given his family's historic links with, with the team. All right, well, we'll have a look at who Forrest might bring into the squad uh, another time. But after no games in two weeks, Forrest now face two in quick succession over Easter weekend. We'll look ahead to the clashes with Cardiff and QPR next. Listener, by the time you hear this, you might well already know how the two-time European champions fared in their Good Friday game at the Cardiff City Stadium. Or maybe you're listening pre-match to get you in the mood. Either way, we'll have a quick look at the game which kicks off at 3pm in South Wales. Um, Forrest come into the back of this off a a six-game winless run, but having taken a a point from the trip to Brentford, that felt like a a good result. Uh, It might not be a bad time to to face Cardiff either, Paul, because that spectacular form that that started when Mick McCarthy arrived just tailed off a little bit, albeit they did win the the South Wales derby last time out. Forrest keep having these little flirtatious moments where they look like they can compete with the best teams in the division. And... uh, Brentford was a, a another another example of that. They actually dominated for quite long spells in the game, did really well. Brentford looked a little lost at, at times. Ultimately, a draw was probably a fair result, but what you want now is for Forrest to go into another game against one of the the you know at least recently formed teams in the division and and, and prove that they can go toe to toe with 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 the best and and hopefully this time not only just come away with a credible draw, but but get get the three points they they really still need just to be certain of not getting properly dragged into a real relegation fight. The sooner Forrest can put to bed any notion of relegation, the better, because it'd just be great to have that opportunity to play four or five games at least without that weight of that fear, that that slight sense of trepidation on their shoulders and be able to, you know, maybe experiment and, and give a few young players a chance, try a different formation, give a few of the players who've got a question mark next to their futures perhaps a, a chance to show that they are worth keeping on. You don't want to go down to another final day or another, you know, fingertip, nervous end of the season. It, it, just get it done and, and save us all a bit of grief, please. Yeah, for his seven points ahead of third bottom, Rotherham at the moment. Rotherham have got four games in hand. Um, Nick, let's have your favourite Mick McCarthy quote, please. Uh, well, there, are, there are a couple. Um, the one uh, he was talking about um, when Brighton actually, when actually when Brighton got rid of Chris Hutton, he said uh, maybe they thought it was time for a change. Same for me at Ipswich. They thought it was time for a change, and then there was a beautiful pause before he said. That went well. Um, and <laughs> another one, reporter uh, asked him, uh, some people might see that as two points dropped uh, following a, a draw, Ipswich draw with Leeds, and Mick replied, some people can fuck off. I'm a little bit disappointed you haven't gone for the accent. Uh, Matt's... Some people can bastard. fuck off, yeah. you bastard. Yeah. Matt, Matt's more the, the, the impressions <laughs> man, though. You know. <laughs> Um, I really enjoyed uh, this clip that producer Eddie's going to uh, play in now, which was when Mick McCarthy was asked by somebody in a press conference pre an Ireland game what had happened with the coach breaking yes. down. Yes. Uh, what happened before the game? The team bus uh, broke down. Expand on breaking down. Wouldn't go any further. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't go any further. Uh, Paul, have you got one? Uh, my my favourite Mick McCarthy moment is 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 just it, it's uh, it's not really a quote. It's that moment where everyone's done it as a meme on 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 Facebook and Twitter and on the internet. The careless whisper one, where he just looks to the camera very coquettishly and then sort of doubles down with another <laughs> kind of even more coquettish look. It, it, I, I was seduced by him, you know. And I'm <laughs> I'm a thoroughly straight man, and I, 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 in that moment, I fell in love a little bit with a, a rugged Yorkshireman. There's a very there's a kind Seems of long bit. running gag on the um, on the old Guardian minute-by-minute um, minute, uh, b- blogs that it, they bet that Mick McCarthy was a very tender lover, so, you know, maybe... <laughs> <laughs> oh. seems, seems mad that he hasn't managed Forrest yet, but I'm sure he will do at one point. And so after Forrest go to Mick McCarthy's Cardiff on Good Friday, it's QPR at the City Ground on Easter Monday. Mark Warburton, the first managerial casualty of the Maranakis era, sacked with the team 14th in the Championship in December 2017. Forrest, any further on now than they were then, Nick? Nope, not really. It's kind of... <laughs> yeah, like, like Paul said, hopefully we won't have a, um, a nail-biter like like we survived under Warburton that year, the, the, you know, obviously the, the Ipswich-Chris Cohen game. But 
it's just just in the same place. Massively bloated squad, too many signings, thoroughly grim and, un- and disappointing, um, uh, disappointing season. It's a kind of it's a it's the sort of thing that Forest fans should have realised a long time ago. But it is quite a sort of sobering realisation that last season when we finished when we you know finished we were in the playoffs for most of it and. Um, it broadly speaking, it was good until the, the the end that we don't like to talk about. That's the exception r- rather than the rule for Forest in the last kind of you know five six years certainly. Um, so yeah, not much progression at the City Ground. Mick McCarthy as well was actually uh, I think I've got the timeline right in my head. It was either Warburton or the one before. Mick McCarthy was offered the job at Forest and and thought about it for a long time and then turned it down because he. And it was it was under the Fowers era, I might add, but I, I think he felt like it was a bit too much of a madhouse and and thought no, it's not for me. Shrewd man, Mick. Shrewd. <laughs> Still plenty of time, Mick. He'll be he'll be here one day. Don't worry. Uh, Forest were unbeaten in thirty five home games against QPR till they won at the City Ground in twenty eighteen last season. Was a nil nil draw. Uh, the game against Rangers this season kicks off at three pm UK time on Monday. We will of course react to that and the match against Cardiff in next week's pod. All right, it's a mammoth show today. We're nearly done, but there is, of course, still time for this. Yes, it's Did They Really Play for Forest? A ludicrously difficult quiz marshaled by our own Nick Miller, who joins us now. Hi, Hi. Um, Again, just to peek behind the curtain for everyone, um, Paul just then <laughs> pumped his fists in what I can only describe as a sarcastic greeting of the uh, Did They Really Play for Forest? It was a celebration. Oh, OK, right, good. Well, maybe you'll get it this week. Um, Maybe. I will, I, I'll kind of caveat, I'll preface this by saying I am scraping the barrel a little bit here with some of these, but um, let's let's have a go anyway. Um, so, okay, clue number one. I started my career at Liverpool and made my debut in a shock cup defeat in which Steve Guinan played for the opposition. Okay, so this is an obscure Forest player from the past. Uh, okay, who else did Steve Guinan play for? Hereford? It, it was a not... Not oh no Northampton no. Northampton won at, at Anfield once so he played in that game he went on to play for Forest oh I am I'm getting something right I'm going to throw a guess out which I know is is wrong but it might be along the right track and it's just better content wise isn't it if you have a guess uh, Stephen Warnock no no okay Paul. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> clue number two. I currently play for a championship club on loan from another championship club. Mm. Right. We had Paul Koncheski, didn't we? And he doesn't play for a championship club and it's not him, so stop saying Paul Koncheski. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Paul, do you? No, you just said out loud what my thought process was about 30 seconds ago on the Koncheski front. <laughs> I, I was thinking of former Liverpool players that have played for Forest, and he was the only one that came to mind. Uh, I hate this game. <laughs> I really hate it. Clip that one, I, 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 haven't, got, I haven't got a thing. I, I've, I've got nothing. I'm well, literally... <laughs> OK, clue number three. This might, might be slightly more uh, up your street, Paul. I have played for Notts County. Ooh. Okay. And Forest, and currently on loan at another championship club from another championship club. Come on, Paul. We played for Notts County. This is your wheelhouse. Steve Finnan was never at Forest, was he? No. Mm. Oh, God. This is. <sighs> this is. This is. This is agonising. <laughs> Let's have the next clue. Clean and four. Uh, I was once quite briefly Derby County's record signing before uh, they paid a little bit more money for Bradley Johnson shortly afterwards. Oh, it's not that Coldplay striker. He's never been at Forest, has he? Um, <laughs> that that Coldplay striker. Chris Martin, <laughs> you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the... Uh, oh, no. I can... I, Paul is in absolute agony here, even more so than usual. Can you give me a clue? <laughs> what? I'm absolutely, I'm nowhere here. I, I, could, think, I think, was he a winger? Yes. 
I can picture him. I can picture his little face. <laughs> <at> my... <laughs> Has he got a ridiculously short name? He does have a short name. Uh, I think we're going to need a another clue. Uh, yeah, final clue. I played under my father at Blackpool and Notts County, and my father also played for the club oh. I started my career at. Tom Ince. It is Tom Ince. Oh, oh. I was miles away from was, that. Uh, was, that, was that the one you were way. thinking of um, before, or was that, was that just... No, no, oh, okay. I was completely <laughs> on the wrong path, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 you... yeah, he was uh, he was rubbish at Forest, as I recall. Um... He was terrible. Man of the match was his nickname because he, he he did several interviews where he claimed to be man of the match when he was nowhere near. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was ridiculous. Paul, what are you working on for Athletic subscribers to enjoy? I'm working on a new game for this podcast that uh, <laughs> would be less less painful than this one. Well, as, as uh, I said, I am I, scraping the bow a little bit, so I think we are going to have to come up with a new format some, uh, at some point soon. So okay. maybe something that Paul's, Paul's more comfortable with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Colours of the rainbow. <laughs> uh, I, I'm actually going to do a big piece on... Uh, on, on the Forest squad, actually, and, and how Chris Hewton can reshape it in the summer, where he needs to look at, and, and covering some of what we've talked about today in terms of how there's, um, let's be honest, there's a big opportunity for him to not exactly wipe the slate, slate clean, but for him to at least, you know, put more of his influence on things in the summer. And uh, the, the January signings were delivered some degree of promise, didn't they? The, the, the work they did in January is far better than last summer, so hopefully that's a a sign of things to come but the, the, there is a lot to look at in terms of where Forest can strengthen and how they can do it so hopefully there'll be a piece along along those lines coming up uh, and we've got two match pieces coming up as well uh, there's also another kind of uh, having done the Raddy Majewski piece finally there's there's another one of a, a, a similar ilk about somebody who you might also describe as a, a cult hero or although a, a rather less successful one at Forest coming on the horizon as well and he didn't wear ripped jeans or fluorescent trainers Sounds like he could be in a future edition of Did They Really Play For Forest, though. Um, how about you, Nick? What are you working on? Uh, again, several things that might not see the light of day for a little while. I'm, I'm working on a piece about uh, the game where, if, if everyone can remember, where Erling Haaland scored nine goals for um, for Norway in the... Um, uh, the under twenties World Cup, the twenties World yeah, Cup, yeah, under twenties World Cup a few years ago. So um, I started that out uh, as a kind of Erling Haaland, what an incredible player, and now I've uh, got in more into it. I feel incredibly sorry for all the Honduras players. Um, so <laughs> that will be coming out at some point in the next couple of weeks. But I'm working on various other things as well. Super, theathletic.com slash forestpod, the place to go to sign up if you haven't already. Uh, That'll just about do it for this episode. If you're enjoying the pod, please drop us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. It's a great way for other Forest fans to find us. We'll be back same time next week. Until then, from Paul, Nick, producer AD and myself, it's bye for now. The Athletic.